Yo, what up? It's your boy, Cool Shep. This podcast is brought to you by my boy, Joey T and Tyrese Maxi. But right now, you know, we just maxing on the courts, hailing from the streets of South Philly. Sometimes it gets a little hectic out there. But right now, we go up you on how we just chill. What is going on, Sixers fans? Welcome back into another edition of Trust the Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Tooman, as always. And our Sixers have been dealt a really tough hand as of late. On today's episode of the pod, I'm not going to talk too much about the Sixers. I've got Lyle Allenstein and AJ Piazza of the Daily Collegian joining me to talk about some broader NBA topics. But I wanted to start with the Sixers because I don't think I've zeroed in on them enough as I want to this season. I haven't been putting the pod out as frequently as I did last year. So I feel like there's a lot of smaller stories with the Sixers I don't always cover, but I got time to do it uh, early on in this pod. So right now in Bead's out, uh, Woj reported the other day the Sixers are optimistic. He'll be back in late March, which is great for the playoff run, but obviously uh, in terms of getting that playoff seeding situated, there, there's a much more likely chance the Sixers wind up being the eighth seed than the one seed right now, which seems ridiculous considering how well that team was playing just a month and a half ago when everyone was healthy. They had the best net rating for a five-man lineup in the league. Uh, but then everyone got hurt, and Bede got hurt. That's the biggest deal, but Batum missed a month. Melton's been in and out. He got hurt again against Boston the other night with back spasms just as he came back. Covington really has never been healthy pretty much the entire time he's been here this season. It's it's discouraging, but there's been some nice moments. They ended a really impressive win streak by Cleveland a few weeks back. They beat Cleveland again the other night, uh, although that time they didn't have Donovan Mitchell, but... They beat Donovan Mitchell the first time around. They've looked good. Buddy Heald had a really strong first few games after the trade. He's kind of cooled off since, but I think he's playing his role pretty well, uh, all things considered. I love what I've seen from Tyrese Maxey lately. He's getting to the line. Uh, he's still shooting the lights out of the ball. Uh, still, He's doing what he can as a point guard right now. He's getting a lot more double teams. Uh, he doesn't have as many you know, knockdown shooters as teammates right now with so many guys. Uh, inactive besides Buddy Heald he doesn't really have a lot of help on the perimeter right now the Sixers have they're, they've been going through a tough schedule I mean the Knicks the Bucks the Celtics those are teams that are going to be tough to beat uh, they lost to the Celtics 117-99 last time out last night um, and they kept that game close in the first half but when Oubre and especially Tobias are just breaking everything along with the fact that the Celtics are such a physical team on both ends, Sixers don't really have a lot of size or perimeter defense right now, it's going to be hard to beat a team like um, the Celtics. It was going to be hard to beat a team like the Bucks on Sunday, and the Sixers just weren't hitting their threes early, and that really killed them. And by the time that the three-point discrepancy started to go away a bit, that's when Giannis just took over, which he should have done all game. It took him to the second half. But he finally figured out, you know, I can really – get to the line and punish the Sixers down low right now without Embiid. He finally started doing it in the second half. But especially with that Celtics game last time out, whew, Tobias Harris was horrible. Touch on him in a second there, but I just think across the team, when the Celtics have all these, they got Tatum and Brown on the wing, they got two great defenders in Holiday and White. Porzingis is going to be able to get his buckets from anywhere on the court. I love Paul Reed, but... He's not going to be able to fill the void of Embiid in the paint. And then on the wing, there's no one fast enough, athletic enough, determined enough, or capable of slowing down those other guys 
in the front court on Boston. And I'm not upset. This isn't Nick Nurse's fault. This isn't the players on the team's fault. It's just the way this team is constructed. We're very guard-heavy right now. And if Tobias Harris is not going to play, like even the Tobias Harris we saw last season when he kind of disappointed us, but he was a lot better than he's been lately. Ever since Embiid went out, Tobias Harris has been the single biggest problem with this team. He has been lackluster on defense, and he's been absolutely horrid on offense. I saw him brick a corner three that Maxi got him a great look in that game last night he missed that in the Milwaukee game he'd be driving down only to plant his pivot foot turn around pass out to the three-point line and just give up on plays where he could have attacked the rim he could have finished strong he could have tried to at least draw a foul and he's just not playing with confidence right now I don't know if he's checked down on purpose because you know he's not re-signing this offseason but I honestly respect Tobias enough that I think it's just more it's not intentional. He's not trying to stick it to the Sixers as much as he just knows he's not coming back. And it just feels like on the court, he's lacking the confidence that we need from a max guy when our best player's out in Embiid. The MVP's out. You got He needs to step up as a scorer, and he's not doing it right now. Uh, and just the way he's built as a player, just that frame he has, he has a physical... You would think he'd be able to play physically, and we've seen him do it in the past, but... This season, especially over the past month, he's not doing it well at all. And he's just you know, not getting the rebounds like he used to. He's just not doing anything you need a guy of that caliber to do. Uh, this is a guy who's been a borderline all-star in the past in his career. I know people might not want to hear that, but that's the truth. Like The, the Tobias Harris we're seeing right now is as worse as we'll ever see him. Um, and that's concerning. A Batum, I don't think, should be shul- uh, shouldered with the burden of guarding a Jason Tatum. Um, or any of these other forwards, a Jalen Brown, a, a, a Julius Randle, any of these guys. Uh, but right now he's pretty much their best hope, and he's 35 years old and is really more of a, you know, a secondary defender at this point. He does a lot of the little things great, but to, to say that he's our best perimeter defenders is a grim sight. Uh, but that's what happens when Tobias ain't up to par, Covington's hurt, and they just missed out on some of these other trades. They didn't have enough to match an offer for a guy like OG Ananobi, who I'm going to talk about in a moment here with Lyle and, and AJ about the Knicks, but they're going to have to make some big moves in the free agency because this season, I guess it's going to come down, obviously it comes down to what Embiid looks like when he's healthy again, but I, I hate to keep pushing it off and off and off, but I think next year they got to start thinking about next year. Daryl's got to start thinking about what moves he wants to make this offseason to make this team more complete. Because I think offensively, they're right there. You know, you bring, you're bring you going to have to replace Tobias, but other than that, I think they're right there on offense. But but defensively, outside of Embiid, they're going to have to figure some things out uh, on the perimeter. So that's my biggest concern with the team right now, along with the fact that they just are undermanned. You're not going to be able to score against the best teams in the league, some of the best front courts in the league. You're not going to be able to get in the paint. The fact that Tyrese is doing it astounds me. Ty- Tyrese should be getting doubled every possession pretty much. He should be having a hard time going into the trees, but he's really done a really nice job against some of these bigger teams. I mentioned them, Cleveland, Boston, Milwaukee, Knicks. He's done a terrific job um, driving, playing with confidence. I've been super impressed with him. Um, and I was already impressed with him all year, but he's been great lately. So that's really all I can say about this team right now. I think when Embiid gets back to the lineup, I want them to see. I want to see Nurse try it out. I want them to at least experiment 
with that three-guard lineup, Batum and Embiid, and just see if they can find any any ounce of like offensive juice to make up for their lack of size on defense. Um, because right now, I don't see how they beat most of these Eastern Conference rivals this season. But I, I have faith in the people running this team, Nick Nurse, Daryl Morey. As a fan, I'm just super encouraged by everything they've done. But it's just not... Things didn't break the way the Sixers wanted them to. Um, and, you know, after so many playoff collapses this time around, looks like the regular season is going to be what nips them in the butt because they just had a lot of bad luck this season. And that sucks. But that's the reality of it. So that's what that's. I just wanted to get some Sixers thoughts out there because this is a Sixers podcast. But unfortunately, they're kind of just treading water right now without Embiid. So there's not a ton of big topics to talk about. And I don't always get the time to even record a pod. So I don't know. I'm just hoping that as the schedule starts to get easier, they finally got a nice one with Charlotte coming up, Brooklyn's coming up, Memphis is coming up. So things are looking a little bit better for the Philadelphia 76ers right now. Hopefully they're going to be able to keep themselves out of that play-in if they just win a few more games down the stretch. So can just hope for the best, uh, but we'll have to see what happens when it gets back. But without further ado, it's time to get into the rest of this podcast and bring in our two guests right here. All right, as promised, making their Trust the Podcast debuts today, Lyle Allenstein and AJ Piazza of the Daily Collegiate are here to talk some hoops. Guys, thank you so much for joining me tonight. Yeah, good good to be here. I'm fired up. I've been talking about yeah. it for a while, you know? And it's about, yeah, been planning. Let's go. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to talk some NBA. Well, uh, AJ, we'll get to your team. You are a Memphis Grizzlies fan, but you are from New York, I believe, right? Yep. Yeah, so yeah. Why, why is that? I'm not holding you like I'm a Packers fan from Philly, so you know there's yeah. there's yeah, there's no. there's fluctuations, but I'm I'm interested. What what's what's the deal there? Well, you know it, it's a little weird. I only like really two New York teams, but uh, I'm a Grizzlies fan because when I played uh, CYO basketball, I was compared to Tony Allen, you know, Grizzlies legend, especially on the defensive side of the ball. So I decided to just like the Grizzlies, and well, interesting, but. I'm happy with it. Yeah. This guy's locked down. This guy's locked down. Three and D for sure. Lyle, you are also from New York, right? But you are actually a Knicks fan. I'm actually a Knicks fan. Yeah. Yeah. Always have been. Always will That's be. Exciting. <laughs> That's exciting. So we're going to talk about the Knicks first up here today because they've been making a lot of noise in the Eastern Conference lately, although their most recent game was a little controversial against uh, the Pistons. But with that aside, they've been playing some great basketball uh, I got to see them in person absolutely whoop the Sixers earlier this season. I saw them whoop yeah. the Sixers on TV last week. Uh, just right now, there's a lot going on with this team. They're missing some guys. But what's your confidence level in the Knicks right now as they get a little closer to another playoff run here? I mean, first of all, if we want to touch on the whole Pistons incident, <laughs> I I would say I have no comment except, yeah, that was a bad call personally. But – my excuse is, is that Jalen Brunson earlier in the season got called for a terrible foul against the Rockets that ultimately made us lose that game. So that's my excuse. You know, it's just like, I don't want to call it a makeup call because it was a little afterwards, but, you know, I mean, that's what I'm going with. But yeah, no, it's weird, actually, as a Knicks fan, seeing us like, I have my hopes up, which is kind of crazy. I mean, they've been playing really well. Obviously, I know we had brief stint where we lost to the Heat. Dude, Jimmy Butler, year back or so. 
but I still didn't have any confidence in that team whatsoever because Julius Randle never performs in the playoffs. But I feel like this year it's different. You know, Jalen Brunson, the Villanova, obviously you call them the New York culture builders, but I feel like <laughs> I think this. I don't want to say it's the year, but I've got confidence. Yeah, and you mentioned Brunson. Obviously, he's been incredible this year. He's, he's averaging 27 a game. Like, people are not realizing how great he's been playing. He continues to elevate them. But you mentioned the Villanova guys. DiVincenzo in his first year with the team has been awesome in the starting lineup. Josh Hart's been filling in lately. Uh, they're, they're, they're getting by right now without their two starting forwards because Randall, you mentioned Randall, he's been hurt. Uh, OG's been hurt as well. He's got the elbow surgery. Uh I'm just hoping that they're going to be able to get healthy because that team was playing really well when all those guys were together. Uh, AJ, I know you wanted your Grizzlies maybe to go after OG Ananobi. It's like, what does he bring to this kind of team? Like, when he gets healthy, I really think come playoff time, that's the exact type of you know two-way guy you, you want to have. That's the perfect two-way player. The perfect. Lockdown defender. Good enough third option to score, but he would have been so nice next to Desmond Bain or John, but you know, the Knicks got him. A little upset. <laughs> yeah, no, he's exactly, like, he's perfect next to Randall. I know, it's been huge. Obviously, when he came in, I was a little worried about getting another scoring option because we were losing so much with RJ and IQ. I'm pretty sure they're still, like, at the stats behind Brunson and highest points per game for us. The injuries, obviously, we just talked about OG and Randall, but, like, they've obviously, we've somewhat performed without him, but come playoff time, we need full strength. And when I say full strength, I need also not Randall not only healthy, but being able to play good basketball game in the playoffs. And OG, obviously, he's been, he takes on the opponent's best player on defense. So you need that guy on the wing perimeter. He put, can guard one through five, which is big for any basketball team. And other than that, though, Mitch. Mitch low-key might come back, too, which would also be big. Good interior presence. And also, like, Hartenstein has not also been – not 100% healthy. I think he's played in like four of the last seven games or something, like dating back to before the All-Star break. So you just, we need the boys back. We had a Jacob Toppin sighting the <laughs> other day. I believe we had Charlie Brown Jr. I don't know who that is. He no, for, former Sixer. Former Sixer, Charlie yeah. Brown Jr. He's been around a little bit. He's, he's been not, around a little bit. Let me tell you, I'm not familiar with his game. Good he's a G League star. Well, he logged a solid three minutes. Good for him. But, like, I, didn't, I need the team back. We need the team back. Also, seeing Jacob Toppin out there, weird, okay? Obviously, Obi, good for him. Good, he's been playing solid for the Pacers, I believe. Obviously, he couldn't fit in playing behind Randall. You know, it was tough, tough for him. But weird call, personally, on the next culture, I feel like. That's just me. Yeah, they brought in his brother as soon as they traded him. That's kind of funny. But with that aside... Yeah, you mentioned like all these injuries they got. Hartenstein missed last uh, last night's game. Jericho Sims had to start. Um, what's with all these Knicks players in the dunk contest? Sims last year, Jacob Toppin this year. I guess it's, I guess it's a trend. I mean, Obi Toppin was in it. Like, Obi, he was in the Obi, Obi was Obi he won was it. In I it, think right. right? He, did, he did win. He did win. He won. Okay. I already said on this podcast previously, like the Knicks, they easily hold the biggest threat to Boston right now, and Ananobi's one of the few players in the league who's going to be able to go up against. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and really hold his own on the defensive end. Is he going to completely hold them scoreless? Probably not. But is he going to be able to slow them down? Is he going to be able to get in the, the passing lanes? Is he going to be able to switch on to different players against that team? Like, that's such a valuable guy to have. And I know Tibbs is just, he's in heaven 
have an OG on his team. But another guy who's been playing really well, I have to highlight him. Filling in for OG while he's hurt right now, Josh Hart has been incredible. Had the game-winning layup during that big Pistons disastrous situation the other night, but against the Sixers, he was going off. He has double-digit rebounds in 10 of his last 13 games since he entered the starting lineup in Ananobi's place. What's your thoughts on Josh Hart? How's he uh, met the calling needed with all these injuries right now? I mean, yeah, he stepped up. I feel like he's fit in. Obviously, I think he is a New York Nick. I think he fits what, like, the identity is when he got here. Also, another guy, right, it fits in the Dibs' scheme. Just a good two-way player, and he's. I think he stepped up tremendously. And obviously, he's been around slightly longer. So, for, like, some of our younger guys, like, obviously, Jericho, a little different. But for someone like McBride, I feel like he's been a good guy to play alongside and maybe teach him a little bit. Yeah, McBride has had some big games too. I think he started last night. Uh, I know against the Sixers when I was there, he yeah, had uh, some points. He was making some corner threes. They just have a lot of guys who can step up and just a lot of guys who are playing on both ends of the ball, able to make the three ball, but also able to guard You know, multiple positions. I just, How confident are you that they can make noise in the playoffs, Like, not just win a round like last year, but do you think they can actually compete with Boston – actually compete with the big guys in Milwaukee. I know they got Doc Rivers coaching, but they still got Giannis in that front court. Do you think this Knicks team is ready to take the next step, or do you still think, you know, some Knicks fans in the past have been like, we need to trade for a star? Like, where, where's your mindset with the team? Do you think this could be the year they break through? So, uh, it's tough, because I think when I'm looking at the Eastern Conference and final contenders, I'm my top three – by side with the Knicks, I'm going Knicks, Celtics, and Bucks, right? And I personally think that our depth is a strength. Obviously, fully healthy, all-around roster. But my issue is playoffs, you need your stars to perform, your X factors, right? And if I'm looking at Jalen Brunson, who, dog, he's going <laughs> to, I think he'll perform. Like, I'm not worried about him. But when you're looking at, Julius Randle comparing him as a number two option to like guys like Jalen Brown, number two guy in the Celtics. I guess I'm yeah I'm gonna call Dame the number two on the South, on the Bucks, but he's a one B in my opinion, despite mm-hmm. what he's been playing for the Bucks. And I just feel like at the end of the day, as strong as your roster can be, the build around, I think the star power is gonna outweigh whatever the Knicks try to do in terms of their depth. Mm-hmm. So that's just my opinion. I think Randall. I haven't seen him play well on a playoff. I think OG can contain guys like Tatum and Giannis to an extent, but at the end of the day, those are two top three, five, ten guys in the NBA. So that's just my thought on that. Yo, AJ, what do you think about the Knicks? As just as an unbiased, you know, um, watcher, do you think they can make a run? To an extent, like I think I could see them in the Eastern Conference Finals. This team is, I agree with Miles different than last year uh the biggest concern for me though is Julius Randle uh I he hasn't played well in like a playoff game really ever uh so he's definitely gotta you know watch Brunson's gonna do his thing and Nobi's you know good to have for like knocking up Tatum but I can see them making the Eastern Conference final definitely but they, I don't think they're a championship team yet yeah I, the only way they can beat Boston in a playoff series I mean it starts with Randall. It really does because we know how valuable he is when he is on when he is on his game in the regular season. That's a twenty four point ten rebound type guy. We see how much of a downgrade Precious Achua is from Randall, so we know he's valuable. 
Randall is capable of being an impactful two-way player, and that's why I'm hoping OG is going to take a lot of that defensive pressure off him, where if Randall's just playing weak side defense, if Mitch is able to come back, all of a sudden, hopefully all his energy can go into scoring the basketball because right now, I don't I don't know if defensive responsibility is actually the reason he's had poor playoffs. I don't think it is. I think he just was ice cold. But this team is better than they've ever been before. They have more guys around him to support him. And just you would hope that maybe just third time's the charm here for the playoff series with Randall. Maybe this surgery he's getting right now on his shoulder is going to clean some stuff up. Maybe he's going to come back fresh. I just I believe in him as I I really would hope that he's able to figure it out because you know if you go if you go zero for three in playoff playoff runs and just horrible in all three of them if he's not able to do it they're gonna have to really look themselves in the mirror going forward with him. Yeah, I'm like it's crazy. Like because when I think about it, I'm making all these excuses about Randall, but at the same time, it's like this is evident by the regular season when he's missing time. We're not the same team at all which is wild to think about because, like, he is, I guess I'm, I'll call him our star, but, like, he's that guy. He's a bucket getter. He's a big part of the team. And, like, I'm just going to say my comparison is – I don't want to compare him to Obi, but, like, Obi got shipped off because we – Randall threw – like, he, like, elevated his game so much. Like, literally, like, right when we drafted Obi, he's like, ah, he shouldn't be here. Like, this is my team, I feel like. So it's just – but, like, because when I, you bring it back to the point where it's just, like, do we have that star power that – to get there he is the star but at what point it's like he is the guy it's not like we can make any other move based on i think our current roster construction that would elevate us to that point to get over the hump of the guys like boston and against milwaukee Mm -hmm. and i think adenobi's gonna be also just on offense is a big upgrade over who they've had in that spot in the past it's more he's more consistent he does more things on both ends i'm curious what your thoughts are on like their offense where it's just up against Boston, that's where they're going to have the hardest time because Brunson is going to be going up against, you know, White and Smart, or not Smart, White and Holiday and even Jalen Brown. But before that, I feel like your offense is going to have an easy time because if you're going up against Milwaukee, I think they proved against Cleveland in the playoffs last year that these guys are tough enough to hang on the boards down low. They're, they're able to play physical. Tibbs isn't going to let them off the hook. I think Milwaukee is an interesting playoff matchup, and I think you guys would be able to beat them. Do they do they scare you at all, or is it really just the Celtics? I don't know if this might be a crazy take, but I feel like Milwaukee, I, me personally, I don't know about the general consensus of Knicks fans, I would rather face Boston than Milwaukee. Because wow. okay. as, as much as I love OG on defense, and uh, hopefully get Mitch back. Obviously, I think it's a different story if you're looking at Hartenstein and Jericho Sims and Precious in the, in the interior. Giannis can just – we've ne- never had an answer for Giannis. And, I mean, by the nature of how he plays basketball, that downhill ability, it's, it's you, can't, I mean, you can't teach it, right? And you can't guard it. And I just think those Bucks guys, they've been there to an extent. I think Dame – is hungry. I think we match up way better with the Celtics, personally. I think um, Brunson, uh, he's different defense. Not a really defensive-oriented guy, as proven by his scoring ability. But I think like OG on Tatum. I think Porzingis with like guys like Mitch Robinson. I th- I don't really see an issue. Obviously, Porzingis can step out on the perimeter, which is a little bit different than how Robinson plays. He's more of a block your shot in your face boards kind of guy. 
but like even with depth guys like Pritchard and then I think we match up well with like Hart off the bench so I just and the, just the nature of the Knicks Celtics rivalry I think that just light up MSG so that's that's just my opinion why I'd rather face the Celtics yeah I think you guys match up with the Celtics really well but I'd still be more confident against Milwaukee where I think you guys are the best team that's equipped to beat Boston but I still think it's I think I still think Milwaukee's the better matchup because I I just think that you're better than them. It's just that I think it's just that plain and simple. I think you have a better coach, but I also think as good as Giannis and Brook are down there, and obviously Giannis is going to get his. I just I, I they can't, they can't they they lose stupid games. They can't really guard people. Like I watched them against the Sixers, and yeah, they kind of blew them out of the water by game's end. But that game was close early on. If if the Sixers get maybe anything from like Tobias Harris they had any sort of perimeter defense, like they would have been able to hold up in that game. So I just don't know if Milwaukee's hot on offense, they're going to be able to score. But the thing is, I think the Knicks defense is capable of limiting really anyone on that team besides Giannis. And I think that's where, you know, as you touched on that depth, that's where it really comes into play. AJ, when you look at the East, do you think there's any team besides those three that can, can stand a chance in the Eastern Conference this year? Because Cleveland's won a ton of games, and we already saw what the Knicks did them last year. Is there anyone hanging on, or do you think that's really the three teams you got to look at? I'd say those are the three teams that I look at, but I will add one just because they find themselves there every year, or like every other year, basically. You have to watch out for the Heat. Like The Heat in the playoffs are a completely different team than the regular season. So I'd, the only team I'd add in would be the Heat. Butler just... Plays really well. They got Rose here. They have some good role guys around them, but there's a chance that they make it every year. Yeah, Miami is not a fun team you want to play in the first round because they're probably going to be a lower seed. I thought when they got the when they trade for Rozier, I loved it. I thought they were going to get better. They're starting to win some games now. Uh, they're definitely a team to keep an eye on because they're another team that plays Boston really tough. Uh, we saw them play the Knicks in the playoffs last year. So, yeah, I wouldn't count them out. I really don't think you can count them out. The Sixers... I, I'm I'm not optimistic just because. Defiance Well, yeah, he's playing genuinely horrible right now. Like he's been he's been really bad. When Embiid comes back, they're gonna have to rush everything back into place, and other guys have been hurt. I I just think this is a whether people want to admit this or not. Like the Sixers, yes, they've had a lot of playoff collapses, but they've been a regular season juggernaut for a while now, and I think they're kind of not even due, but just with these injuries, this is their first like lesser regular season in a long time and yeah we've had playoff collapses but sometimes you know the regular season stuff steps back too and that's just the type of season the Sixers have had they've had a lot of you know misfortune so no I I, I people don't want to hear it but I, I just don't think it's happening for the Sixers this season uh even in a for this might be the first time Embiid loses in the first round or uh, it's the second time I forgot about COVID this might be the first true time an Embiid team loses Round one. Yeah, I think those are the four teams. Cleveland's weird because I just swear that they, they're they better when they have the one big lineup out there. I know they're still winning a bit with Mobley, but when, when Mobley and Garland were out and they were just stretching the floor, they won a ton of games. And I just think, feel like that's when they're better. Last year we saw what they tried to do against the Knicks. Like they tried to play physical. Not only did the Knicks out-rebound them, but the, the Cavs' offense just wasn't up to the test. So they're going to have to prove a lot to me because right now I think they're kind of like the frauds of the conference. What do you remember about 
playing them last year, uh, Lyle. Do you think there? Do you think there's any hope for the the Cavs to maybe prove me wrong there? Honestly, I just think because if they keep up the way that they're playing, right? Because I think they're the two seed in the East right now. Yeah. Right. They're gonna get a lower matchup, and I think. Look, I'm a fan of the Magic, but like if they play the Magic, the Pacers, I don't think that's any issue. I think if Cavs play the regular season the way they are, you're looking at a second round appearance for them in the playoffs. But as from a Knicks perspective, I think any of those top teams wouldn't be afraid of the Cavs. And honestly, I think you're discrediting the Sixers a tad. I think. Okay. I think. I think I could see them. <laughs> Going and I, me personally, I would have more confidence after seeing what the Knicks did to the Cavs last year in the playoffs, especially with a way more improved team. I personally would be more afraid of the Sixers. I do think the Sixers could beat Cleveland, but right now I think they're going to line up with their. I don't think the Sixers are going to fall to eight. I, I think they're going to be good enough that they stay in that six seven range. I'm I'm just concerned. I I, I was hoping for a little more. I knew they were going to lose to the Bucks, but I was hoping they would play a little bit better. It really comes down to Tobias, and I'm going to keep hammering that home because he has to play even as good as he did last season would be helpful right now because they don't have any other perimeter wings. Like There's there's no front court depth on this team right now. It's a lot of guards, and it's Embiid. That's who they have, and that's okay, but with Covington, pretty much I don't, he might not come back. He's been hurt for three months. He's got knee stuff. Like They have no one. If Tobias Harris isn't even remotely locked in, they're not going to be able to hang with any of these upper echelon Eastern teams because all those teams are able to play. They're, they got a ton of two-way guys. Even the Bucks, they still have, you know, if even if Chris Milton's not healthy, they still have Giannis. They still have Bobby Porter's coming off the bench. We saw what he did. Like, there's just no semblance. Tobias has just been horrible. And I don't know. I don't know if we're getting him back this year. So I think we, they might just have to wait till next year to get get a full lineup uh, that can that can really elevate and beat the way it was earlier in the season before for all the injuries. So I don't know. That's what I would say. I maybe I'm just being too pessimistic, but I feel like every year I'm optimistic with the Sixers, and this is the year to like to be more grounded with it. I feel like well, maybe that'll help you out though with your expectations when they pass. That's them. true. That's true. Maybe they'll yeah, surprise me. Maybe they'll surprise me. So speaking of. Just playoff stuff. Looking at the Western Conference, this conference is nuts. Uh, AJ, your Grizzlies are in here, and they're obviously not in the playoff picture, but I do want to talk about just how how competitive this Western Conference is. And we can talk about the Grizzlies in a moment here, but like the Lakers are still over 500 as the 10 seed. They're only four wins behind the Pelicans, who are the five seed right now. But the real teams are like, we got Minnesota, number one. They just beat OKC to take possession of the one seed thunder right behind them denver still coasting along they have 39 wins and the clippers they're playing so well and they're they've come down back down to earth a little bit but they're still playing fantastic uh they've, they've still been fantastic and then i don't know then you got kevin durant and devin booker at the bottom of the conference you got lebron and anthony davis you got curry these are teams at the bottom of the of the play in right now towards near the bottom and they're playing well as well so just when you look at the West, who stands out to you? Like, if you had to pick right now just one team, which team in the West do you think is going to make it out? Because it's really, it's really competitive. So who's my finals prediction? Or, like, who's just going to Yeah, I guess win? so. I would say, who do you have most the most confidence in? Because I, I like all the teams, but, like, I'm just curious. If you had to pick one, how would you narrow uh, it down? I'd, 
I'd still say the Nuggets. I think okay. that I I know they're the third seed in the West, but I still think that they have basically everyone back. They're missing, you know, they lost Bruce Brown in the offseason, but that entire starting five, I believe, is still there. And yeah, I just think that when it comes to the playoffs, you know Jokic is gonna find another one. And so is Murray and all of them. So yeah. And I the Thunder and Timberwolves don't have as much experience as that Nuggets team does, which I think matters a lot. So yeah, I'm I'm gonna go with the Nuggets. Realistically, I look at one through ten and I think maybe other than the Kings and the Mavericks, I think any team can win the finals. And my I which is wild to me. I guess I know you're looking at the Warriors who are not the same team that they've been. At the end of the day though, you've still got that core of Curry yeah. and Clay and uh, I guess Draymond. But yeah. <laughs> and like there's just there's so much and then the Lakers. Lakers are like if you still got LeBron, Anthony Davis, you've got Austin Reeves, like you just can't count those guys out. But yeah. if I had to pick, oh, geez, like I really don't believe in the Thunder. Not yet. They're still too yeah. young. Like, and the Timberwolves, like, uh, it's like, you know what? I'm going to say the Timberwolves. I don't know if that's like, I don't really know if I believe in them as much as like the Nuggets. But I think Anthony Edwards is just, uh, he's great. I think that they, they play with their bigs, I guess, it's working out. Never would have thought I'd see the day. I'm also, I'm not a cat guy, personally, but I I think it's impressive that pairing him with Gobert has worked. So I think that's, I'm going to pick them just for that sake, because I never thought skill-wise, tactically, that I was going to play out in their favor. Yeah, defensively, they're easily the best team in the league right now, and Anthony Edwards obviously has been incredible. I, I think that the Gobert resurgence I really didn't see coming. I really thought he was, you know, he's already around 30 years old. I just thought it was just a ridiculous trade. It's, it still is a bad trade, but man, they've it's been a little justified this year now that they have all the guys they want out there. Another thing was Towns was hurt a lot last year. Like Minnesota was still a playoff team, and Towns missed almost the whole season, and everyone still decreed, you know, the fit the fit doesn't work. Meanwhile, Towns barely played with Gobert last year. So I do think my opinion has definitely shifted on Minnesota. I think Minnesota I would pick Denver to beat them. I I I'm still with AJ that I think Denver is still the biggest they have they have a really strong chance of repeating just because they have such an established chemistry. But I actually think Minnesota is the second best team. A lot of people are saying the Clippers right now, but I don't see how the Clippers can match their size. There's the Minnesota's they got a good bench now. They got Nas Reed, they got Monte Morris, they got capable guys. But that starting five is such a everybody can switch on that team on defense. I know that the Clippers have Kawhi and Paul George and they're they're great. But Minnesota's whole team defends like that and they have an A-plus scorer like Anthony Edwards to lead the way. He, he's become a true leader of that team. I, I, I don't know. I think if uh, the Townsend Gobert fit, it's working. Like, it, it hasn't gone wrong yet. And I know in the playoffs, the pressure's on, but the Clippers, they're going to, like, if it's Clippers versus Minnesota, I feel like Minnesota can play Gobert and Towns together and they're not going to have to worry about you know, being too slow because if the Clippers don't play Zubac, who are they going to play? Like, they can't play Kawhi at center. They can't, they don't really have that small ball five anymore. They don't have Covington anymore. They don't have Marcus Morris anymore. I don't think they have the flexibility. Say it again? Mason Plumlee. Well, he's a center. That's what I'm saying. Like, they don't have the ability to change pace like they used to. 
I think Minnesota could beat them. I really do. I know I know how good those three guys are on the Clippers, but I, I think Minnesota is a more complete team. AJ, what do you think about the Clippers? Do you, are you buying into any of this? What, what is your thoughts on them? Do you think they factor in here? Uh, I'm not very high on them at all. Uh, I don't see them getting past the second round, even with those three. Uh, I, I agree with you. I think the Timberwolves would beat them just because no one can stop that size. And, like, uh, it, the Clippers, almost their entire starting lineup has, you know, some sort of injury history, all of them. So at some point you'd expect one of them to get hurt. But, yeah, I don't think – I'm not worried about the Clippers in the West. Yeah, I, I wanted to give them a benefit of the doubt. I, I don't I don't think they have – even OKC has, like, got this versatility to them. I mean, I think – I think they're a year away. I agree with what you were saying, Lyle, but they've done some great work too. I mean, Williams and SGA are like bona fide stars at this point, especially obviously SGA, but even Jalen Williams. So yeah, I, I don't know. I, I buy into Phoenix more than I buy into the Clippers right now. And I know that's kind of, I'm go, I'm kind of going up, up against what the, the stats and the standings say, but I just, in a playoff scenario, I trust those guys, Durant and Booker more uh, personally. So I don't know. The thing about the West, though, if we look at the next year, is that there is one team that very much could be right back in this conversation. AJ, your Grizzlies have had the year from hell. I want to end on them yeah. because they're not really relevant to this season, but they're going to be relevant next year. Did you know that they have the number 30 offense, but the number nine defense even still in the NBA this season? No, no, I did not. I'm, I'm shocked. I'm not shocked by the offense. I'd expect it to be, you know, basically last. I mean, some of these starting fives that have been out there are really interesting. And uh, defensively, I thought it'd be like a little, like in the 20s, but ninth, I'm, I'm surprised. I mean, half, yeah. half of the team at this point, I feel like I don't even know. Right, right. They've had 26 players suit up this season. Yeah. Yep. That's absurd. Sounds about right. And they, they played, like, for example, you mentioned the lineups. Like, the other night against Brooklyn, they had no point guard. Jaws out for the year. They don't have Marcus Smart. Luke Kennard was playing point guard. Like, they did have Derrick Rose, but you, they didn't start him. Are you and, saying Jacob um, Gilliard is not a point guard? He didn't start, though. That starting lineup against Lamar Stevens runs point. Lamar Stevens has been playing well. He actually did play well. Actually, they're, they're only down by nine right now against the Timberwolves, by the way. Really? Really? Lamar's yeah. been averaging yeah. 12 games since he got the, the Memphis. He's breaking out. Starting three. Starting three. <laughs> so when you look at Memphis right now, you know, Jaws out for the year. He only got to play nine games. He had to come back from the suspension. Kind of kind of felt like you were having a resurgence. Maybe there was hope for the season. Then he gets hurt again. Bain's out three to four weeks with an ankle injury. Steven Adams missed the whole year, then got traded. Smart's been in and out with injuries. But... Going into next year, you have all these draft picks. You're going to have probably a top six pick in the draft. Uh, you're going to have some cap space, and you have picks in the future to make a trade. Memphis has continuity. They have a good coach, as we just talked about. They're still playing hard on defense, even with all these injuries. Just what do you want to see Memphis do with all these assets, with the players they already have in place? Because it felt like just about like a year or two ago, they were right on the cusp of – of kind of taking that next step. And now they're kind of in this weird, they've had a weird year over even yeah. going back to last season. They have, they've had a weird calendar year. Uh, yeah, definitely. It's been, as you said, basically, I mean, it's been awful. I expected them to get at least to the second round, maybe even past it. Obviously that's not happening. Uh, 
I would like them to get a legitimate small forward. Desmond Bain is an under, very undersized three. Like, they can't be running, like, Morant, Smart, and him on the court at once. It's just too small. You can't guard the small forward with Bain. I want them to get an actual three, and I think they're going to get another center. Obviously, they traded Steven Adams to the Rockets for Oladipo, which a couple other draft picks. But uh, at the time, I didn't understand why, but it's, it's for the cap space, which I hope they actually utilize. And I did like some of the other deadline moves. Uh, I was I was shocked that they could trade David Roddy. I didn't actually know that <laughs> anyone would want him. They're David uh, Roddy Thunder. Uh, yeah. Tillman, I'm not surprised. I thought he would be – I think that was actually a good trade um, for the Celtics. I just He's just not a good center. He's an, he's 6'7". And the Grizzlies were using him at center, like, repeatedly. You cannot do that. <laughs> so, yeah, I just – I hope they – another – oh, also – um, another guy that you, you didn't mention that's been hurt is Brennan Clark. Brennan Clark yeah. was really useful for them off the bench, uh, especially in the playoffs. So he's he's a piece that I don't think people realize how important he is to the team. And he, he gets rebounds. like He's the perfect bench player. Uh, yeah, but he's missing, obviously, the entire season. So, yeah, I hope they get a legitimate small forward and maybe even draft a center with one of those top six picks. Yeah, there's some there's some real big guys in the draft. You know, Buzelis, Sar, uh, and I could even be forgetting someone there. Flip, what? Kyle Flip. That's who I want. That's who I want. The Chris. Kyle Flipowski. Oh, yes. okay. I feel like taking him top ten is ridiculous. You can trade back. <laughs> they trade. They can trade back. back. So I'll ask you this: You're gonna have that pick. Would you consider making a big trade? Because I remember they were they were sniffing around at Durant before he went to Phoenix, like. You're talking about that wing guy that you want. You know, they didn't get an NOB. We talked about that. Would you want to make a trade or do you want to use that pick and maybe, you know, get a young big guy, something like that? What what what, what do you think the best move they could make would be? See, I'd, I'd consider trading the pick if you're getting someone who fits the core of the team because the Grizzlies' core is still very young. Like, mm-hmm. Durant doesn't really fit. Now, obviously, he's, you know, he'd be great to have. I'm not saying that. Like, he's just, he's on the, you know, end of his career while some of these guys aren't even in their prime yet. Uh, but I'd definitely consider trading the pick. I don't know who I'd want, though, because I wanted OG, and, you know, the Knicks just had to you know, steal him from me. Uh, but I also wouldn't mind, you know, just taking somebody with a top five pick. I mean, they, uh, it, I think it'd be either or I'd be happy with. I, I really wouldn't mind doing Either. So my my issue with with the Grizzlies when you talk about the trading thing, I always I think the draft picks are way value more valuable for, from the Grizzlies perspective, just because trading is one thing, but I don't see any of these big name guys. Obviously, the KD thing to me was ridiculous. I don't see anyone wanting to play in Memphis because I think that market isn't just where those guys want to be. In my I don't know why. why they would. They would. There are guys why? that would, and two players, or two players, why? Ja and Jaren. That's it. Okay. Jaren, Jaren, I'm, I'm a big believer in Jaren Jackson. Do not get me wrong. But I don't think you can use his name here. I think only way people would want to come to Memphis is to play with Ja. I think that's it. And that's I fine. don't even know what's going on. That's I don't fine. know what's going on with that man at this point. So, uh, so far, he's back on track. Yeah, I, I think he's fine. He just got hurt. 
I don't know. I, I don't think I, I think the worst is behind us with John Morant. I'm hoping like I think we can move forward just hopefully putting that behind behind them. If they can't, well, uh, that's a different conversation, but we're trying to bring a positive outlook to the Grizzlies right now amid amid a really tough season. Jaren's like Jaren's been dealt a really tough hand. He's has to take, you know, 18 shots a game. He, his percentages are all down, but like that's going to happen when all your good teammates all your good offensive teammates are just suddenly not there. I don't think anyone should be losing the stock in, in Jaron Jackson because I still think he's uh, such a such a tremendous two way player. I'm curious what's your what's your outlook on some of these young guys? You know, Vince Williams has stepped up. Uh, Gigi Jackson, as a 19 year old rookie who was such a big high school recruit, he's been playing well. It's like, do you think either of those guys can be the the missing piece on the wing, or do you think that they're kind of just filling in the void until the the starters get back? So, you guys know, I was not the biggest um, Vince Williams fan at all. <laughs> uh, but he, he, he's been great, like, for, you know, the circumstances that he's, you know, the Grizzlies have been in. But he's stepped up and definitely, I could see him as a useful bench player. I don't think he could start on, like, a championship contender, which that's why I want, that's why I consider trading the pick. Because I think the Grizzlies at some point have to become an actual championship contender. And T.T. Jackson, I was shocked he won in the second round. I thought he was going to be a late first-round pick. Uh, go, go ahead. Go. I want to hear this first. Go for it. So my 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 T.T. Jackson thing is I am a huge fan of his. That He was the number one player. And so he's AJ and I, for those listening, you know, we're sophomores. Joe's a human. Joe Tuman, he's a junior, right? But Gigi is our would be our year. He classed up after being the number one recruit in his class. He committed from North Carolina to go play for South Carolina, which is they're they're built on their women's program. Shout out to Gamecocks this year men's program. They're actually doing they're doing pretty well. But he was ridiculous. He should have been just so young and I thought that a team like Memphis Drafting him was perfect. The fact that he fell that much, I don't want to go as far to say as an all-star, but I feel like a second or third option. I think the Grizzlies not being good this year is perfect for his development. I just I think he's going to be really good. I think that's a good asset for the future to have. I, I, I thought you were going to give some Gigi Jackson uh, slander. Sorry. No, that's definitely my, not. That's my definitely not. I expected that. Um, yeah, no, I'm a huge fan. I'm a huge fan of his game, actually. Um. But, you yeah, know, I agree. I think it's a great fit. Like, he's super young. He fits right in. I could see him, you know, being a starting wing player uh, for Memphis in the future, definitely. He could. He yeah. could I think it would take time, but he could definitely solve uh, that problem. Yeah, he's he's going to have to take some strides on, like, the, the defensive side of the ball, but he's already scoring. You know, he's averaging 11 a game in under 20 minutes a game as a rookie who, you know, before the year wasn't expected to even be a rotation guy. Yeah, they've really – they've they've – this is how you know Memphis is a good organization. They've they're having a tough year, but it feels like they've really salvaged it because now some of these guys are taking steps forward, and all of a sudden now you have this. You already have the you know your core four guys. I think Smart has become, even though he hasn't really gotten to play with John, I think he's part of that core four. And now it's just, are they going to trade for a star? Are they going to draft someone who's going to make an impact? But now you have like the bench pieces in place because you mentioned Clark as well. I don't think the Grizzlies are going anywhere. I think this is a one-year, you know, tough situation. And imagine, like, the way the draft lottery is now, 
there's every chance in the world they go up from the fifth or sixth spot and like suddenly get a top three pick. And then now you're now you're cooking with gas. Like now now the Grizzlies are in a good spot. So just what 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 do you think like a year from now, what what do you want them where do you want them to be? Like where do you think they can be? Um healthy, completely healthy. Yeah. Hopefully. Western Conference Finals. That would be something. Western Conference Finals. I don't know about championship yet. I think they'd have to lose first to you know get there, but uh, I could totally see them in the Western Conference Finals. What? Like, I just, I, I hundred percent agree with you. I think that is, I don't want to call it the ceiling, but it's just, it's so different in the West. Like, I, it's le- there's it's levels to it. And it's just, what last year they were the two seed. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's like, I that it blows my mind because I like I've got all the confidence in the world. I hope you appreciate that. But it's just, the, I feel like the expectations of going to the Western Conference Finals is just good from a fan perspective. But, like, I realistically, with the West, other than, honestly, other than the Nuggets, like, I feel like even with teams like the Timberwolves and the Thunder, like, those expectations are just, I feel like you have to, like, control them a little bit. I feel like the only team you can really have that for is the Nuggets, in my opinion. I think it's fair to say they're capable of making the Western finals because like even looking at this year's, we look at this year's group, like Timberwolves, Thunder, Clippers, Nuggets, and you can even throw in Phoenix and maybe even New Orleans, the way they've been playing lately. Two of those teams are going out round one and another two are going out round two. Like that's just, it's called, (laughs) I mean, it's math. It's obvious. Like it's, it's stupid to say, but these are great teams. Like Minnesota and OKC are 41 and 17. Like, and we're, Projecting one of those teams not making the Western Finals, like they're they're tied for the best record or the yeah the second best record in the league right now. It's going to be competitive, but I think Memphis is they've established like I can't say they've established a culture. I'm sorry because with with all the Jaw and Dylan Brooks stuff, like I wouldn't use that word, but they've they've proven that they can win basketball games, and I I just want to see I want to see this version of the team all together, and I I just can't believe that. This is one of the most unlucky seasons I can remember for any team because it reminds me of when Toronto had to play in Tampa during the COVID year and they just completely, you know, their their team just went to went to in the gutter. But I don't know. I think you guys are young enough that there's might be a better bounce back next year. Yeah, yeah. I also just I just want to um, name one of the starting lineups that uh, we had. Uh, Joe, me and you talked about this, but just yeah, for reference, uh, they had 13 players injured this night. Against the Celtics, lost by forty. It was close though until the second quarter. Um, at, at point guard, five eight, Jacob Gilliard. <laughs> yep. Uh, shooting guard, Luke Kennard. Oh, Did he have the least amount of points in the um, starting lineup? Other than Trey Jameson, or um, the, the center. Uh, yes, he did have the least amount of points in the starting lineup. At the four, uh, David Roddy. <laughs> no, David Roddy started. Don't hey, David Roddy. Gigi Jackson started that game, though. Okay. Well, how do you feel about the Sixers trading David Roddy and Danny Green for DeAnthony Melton? How do you feel about that? Um, it, 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 it just honestly makes me want to cry. I like DeAnthony Melton. He was, he was great. Nice back, yeah. uh, backup. One and two, kind of. Um, and then also, just interesting fact Scotty Pippen Jr. Uh, led the team in points that night with 19. 
Is it he hurt? He's hurt now too. Scotty Pippen. Um, yes, he he did recently get injured. Yes. Um, <laughs> you know, it's it's been a it's been a great you know. No, <laughs> real fast. Like I don't want to. We could like start naming the whole team, but like who's starting at center right now? Because it's not still Jaren. a trade. Jaren's just playing center. Okay, I guess that's better than than who they've had in the past. They don't even have another center. Actually, yeah. I think Trey's still on the team. I'm sorry. Wait, what? I believe he actually got a contract too. Oh wow. Okay. Uh, Wait, what's the score? Yeah, he is. Huh? Wait, yeah, no. Um, just uh, we lost by nine. We just oh, lost by okay. nine. Jaron okay. had thirty. Jaron had a double double. Um, just thought I'd mention this. Cat and Gobert held to twenty-one points combined. Ooh. Um, that's defense. That's the defense right there. That's how, what we how were many did Anthony about. Edwards have? Uh, thirty-five. <laughs> Anthony Edwards at 35. Luke Kennard, uh, John, Luke Kennard could not contain Anthony Edwards. Um, no, he didn't guard him. He didn't guard him. It was uh, either Jordan Goodwin or Zaire Williams, who that's a name oh, that I can rent out for a while. Wasn't Zaire Williams like a top 10 pick? This is why I'm, I'd be concerned if they were to draft someone a little bit, <laughs> and that's why I wouldn't mind trading the pick. Zaire Williams has not panned out. He was the 10th pick. Yeah, Stanford. You guys had some great draft picks with like Jaron, Bain at 30. But since Bain, I don't it's know. It's just been I downhill like completely. Moravia is not good. Moravia, I'm sorry. <laughs> Jake Moravia is not good. He was the 19th. I think he was the first round pick. You no, know, it was. Pick. Yeah, David Roddy and Laravia were the same draft. Oh, for uh-huh. two. What a hot draft Laravia. that was. What a good one. <laughs> really got a lot of good players in that one. Um, yeah, no, Ravia has not been good. Yeah. Zaire Williams well, hasn't been good. No. Zaire Williams made, uh, if you go on the Collegian, he's in the anti-culture rankings column. Really? Uh, he deserves to be there. Yeah, I'm saying like, the Grizzlies as a team in there. It's fine. But no, I don't think so. I don't think so. Not this Maybe, year, uh, but like last year, yeah. Last year. Okay. Yeah. Last year, yeah. could have. I think you. I think it pays. Like you have at least you have a very good coach, good defensive yes. guys, and and, yes. and you have an unquestioned face of the franchise. And Ja, you just need him to, you know, get his get his act together. That's all. Get on the court, oh, man. Get on the court. <laughs> yeah. All right, Lyle. Anything else you wanted to add on Memphis before we wrap up here? Uh well, if if we're trading the pick, give me give me a guy you want. Ooh, I like it. I like it. I, what I, want. I might have to look up some names. I don't really know off the top of my head what I okay. want. Can I give yeah. you one? Can I give you oh, yeah. one that I think could happen? They'd have to trade with yeah. a, you know, a in-conference rival. But I think the Pelicans are coming up on a – they're going to have to make a decision here about who they're going to keep long-term. I think a Brandon Ingram trade, if, they play, if, if Zion stays like healthy that. the rest of this season, I think a Brandon Ingram for like a bunch of stuff in Memphis – might be what makes because they don't have that bona fide wing score yet. Like Jaron needs some help in that area. Yes, and I think Brandon Ingram yeah, would be awesome. That's a good. Yeah, point. I like that. That that's a great fit. I would I would be thrilled. And they, I mean I think they have the assets to get that done. They do. They definitely they definitely have some good young players that I think. Yeah, they they can give away their uh, swaps with Phoenix <laughs> that they have. Oh yeah. Because <laughs> we know oh, they're yeah. gonna <laughs> actually, low-key, like, next year when you guys are good again, the swap with Phoenix actually might be helpful if you wind up having a better yeah. record than it. So. But for this year, uh, not, not, not as helpful. Not as helpful. No, no, this year I don't think they're, they're uh, going to swap the pick. Yeah. I don't think so. 
might not be in play. Yeah. Nothing well, with more Stevens game tonight. Sorry, just one more thing. More Stevens only had four points tonight, guys. That's going to bring the average down. Now I'm not going to be able to write a feature about him. I was actually really excited because he was on Boston. Like, he could have won an NBA championship, and I, I, that would have been a cool story to write, but alas, it wasn't to be. I'm currently in the collegiate office. It wasn't to be. Oh, they didn't take no. it if the Nuggets win. Wait, yeah. wouldn't he still yeah. get a ring, though? Wouldn't Lamar Stevens still yeah, get a ring? Yeah, but he's not on the team. He's not uh, on the team. Uh, he won't be there for the playoffs. What am I going to ask him? Like, oh, hey, Lamar, so when you were with the Celtics in January, <laughs> what, what about him told you they were going to win the championship? Like, if he's not there, uh, it's kind of hard to do a, do a story if he's not actually experiencing it for himself. If I was a player, like – like if I if they said oh here's a ring for playing three months with us like I would decline it like if I'm Lamar Stevens I would decline like, it too. Somebody's a slap in the face. Like I don't know. Okay, yeah, I wouldn't want Stevens, it. If I'm Lamar Stevens, I'm accepting it. If I'm an actual like proven player in the NBA, I feel like you didn't do anything to like. I feel like it's almost like a a ring like a participation just for being on the team. Here we go. Like here's a ring. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if you go if you go with that approach, Patrick McCaw, three straight NBA titles. Doing nothing, but no, he was he on the garbage team. time, and he was actually on the team the entire year. But he wasn't garbage yeah. time. He sat on the bench. There was no garbage time. Lamar Stevens. <laughs> yeah, but he's he, he was still on the team the entire year. Though. Okay. Like Lamar Stevens hasn't been on the team. I just want Lamar Stevens to get a ring. What's the issue? All right, all right, that's fair. I think Elon Pickett might get a ring, so you can you can take solace in that. Yeah, okay. I like that idea. So, what if? What, imagine Lamar had stayed on Boston, and then it was like Jalen Pickett versus Lamar Stevens in the finals. That would have been cool. That would have been, cool. been cool. Also, Jamari Wheeler on the, the G League team, the Gold Rapid. Oh my God! <laughs> I, I don't care about I don't care about Jamari Wheeler. He was before my time here, but that's that's all right. That's all right. I don't know. Well, I don't know. We'll have to see if a if a Penn State Nittany Lion is able to become an NBA champion. But for now, that's not that hasn't happened quite yet. So, Lyle, AJ, thank you guys so much for joining me on Trust the Podcast today. It was a lot of fun. Thanks for weighing in on your team's uh, outlooks today. Thank you, Tom Joe. Good stuff. Of course, of course. So thank you guys so much for listening. Make sure to follow Trust the Podcast on Spotify and Apple. If you aren't already, make sure you follow the Trust the Podcast TikTok, hoping to ramp some stuff up as the playoffs are coming up soon. And other than that, let's just pray the Sixers get healthy. Let's pray the Grizzlies get healthy. And let's pray the Knicks take down the Boston Celtics in the playoffs and build some more culture. That's all the time we have for Trust the Podcast. Have a good one.